Guess who's back? Back again. New York Giants Trade Talk is back. Hey, everyone, this is Tim, online big boy, formerly online big boy. I don't even remember the name half the time. Now it's New York Giants Trade Talk. Um, doing video or podcast number dose. Want to talk about, of course, the New York football Giants. Want to talk about salary cap. Want to talk about this year's quarterback class. Want to talk about the uh, uh, lack thereof or or minimal potential or minimal talent that we have at the wide receiver position that we are going to move forward to in 2023. Want to talk about the salary cap before I did a video on, um, not a video. I did a short and I did that short the other day and I called it the misconception of the giant salary cap because everyone is talking about the multitudes of money that the giants have in the salary cap. Oh, the giants, Tons of cash, tons of cash. We're flushed with cash. We have 54 players on the contract. We have $44 million under the cap. But you have to look at it a little bit. Um, you got you to take a look at it from the mind's eye and see exactly what these numbers mean. Because I'm going to look at my numbers over here. If you go by the list, number one on the list, and let me pull this list up here because I, ha- I have the list right here. Number one, and you're also, you know what? You could see it right here on the screen. Number one on the list is going to be the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears are sitting at $98 million. Now, if we take a look at Chicago Bears, what do they have with that 98 98- million dollars they have a quarterback we go to the Atlanta Falcons Atlanta Falcons have 56 million dollars and I should go back they have Justin Fields who's still on his rookie contract you go with number two on the list you have the Atlanta Falcons who have 58 million dollars what don't they have they don't have a quarterback we're gonna this is all gonna make sense in a minute then you go to the New York Giants who have 44 million dollars what do not what do they not have in their contract right now they don't have a quarterback or their all-star running back so then you look at the Houston Texans who have Davis Mills at $37 million. What do they have? They have a low rent quarterback and a higher draft choice, but they really don't have a quarterback. You have, and then you go with number five on the list at 35 million with the Cincinnati Bengals. What do they have? They have Joe Burrows under a rookie contract. Now we're going to go down a little bit further because you go down the uh, Seattle Seahawks who have 31 million. They have Geno Smith on a team friendly deal. You look at the New England Patriots, who are now at thirty-seven. Uh, excuse me, at uh, thirty-seven million, I believe. Uh, thirty-seven million. Uh, the New England Patriots, and what do the New England? Excuse me, what do the New England Patriots? I can't even talk today. What do the New England Patriots have? They have Mac Jones on the rookie deal. Now here's the now here's the problem because we see these things right here, and there's a common denominator. You either have a quarterback out, out of the top seven. You either have a quarterback on a rookie deal, or you don't have a quarterback at all. The Giants sitting at $44 million who have 54 players signed, including future contracts, don't have a quarterback. They don't have a quarterback in the fold. They don't have a quarterback, of course, with the first round pick because of the fact that we haven't gotten to the draft yet. But you may look like and see, oh, we have the third most money in the league. But technically, if you don't have your quarterback signed and you don't have your running back signed, that money is going to go against account against the cap. Now, if you tag Daniel Jones, you're looking at a $32 million cap hold. And that's really going to screw up your free agency. You're better off, and we've talked about this a million times. I'm trying to pull something else up. We've talked about this a million times. You tag Saquon Barkley because it's 10.1. And you can sit there and try to negotiate with Saquon then because you can have exclusive rights. But he's going to be at 10.1. He made eight last year. It's going to be a situation where if you look at it from a business standpoint, it makes more sense because he is more of the, anyone you could say Daniel Jones is or what he isn't, but Saquon Barkley is the focus of the New York Giants offense. 
Teams don't sit there and go, we're going to key on Jones. No, they're going to go, we're going to key on Barkley because if we're going to key on Barkley, we are going to force the Giants to use Daniel Jones. And the majority of the time we use Daniel Jones' legs, not his arm. So if you take that number and you put it in and you get put that $10 million cap hold on Saquon Barkley, even if you only get one more season out of Saquon, it's at a palatable number because he only made $8 million the year before, and it's only a $2 million increase. You're talking about giving Jones 30 something million dollars. Now, I've said it before. I've said it a million times before. I, I, I'm going to go by what whatever Shane says. I'm going to go by whatever Dable says because you know what? They are running this team. They are running the organization. We are not. But I'm going to tell you this. If you swing and miss, it's going to be another. King of the almost sack. It's going to be another deal. It's going to be another situation where we are sitting there and we've wrecked our cap just out of, as we got out of cap purgatory. And, you know, you had a lot of people have pointed this out, and I pointed it out, too, because I've already broken down the quarterback window in reference to salary. There's no middle ground for quarterbacks. You're either making big quarterback money or you're making little quarterback money. There's like three quarterbacks that are making in that that mid-range. And there should be another tier of quarterbacks. Because if you look at, da- if you look at Daniel Jones statistically, you cannot tell me he's a thirty. He's a thirty-two million dollar quarterback. Even when we overpaid for Eli Manning, and yes, we overpaid for Eli Manning. I'm going to grab some water here, guys. You know what the best part of this this is? I, I told him I don't want to cut. I just want to roll. So you can watch me have water. You can watch me play with the toys on my desk. That's what she said. You can watch me do many things. But when Eli Manning got overpaid on his deal. That last deal. He had already thrown for over 4,000 yards a couple seasons in a row. He'd already thrown for over 34 touchdowns a couple seasons in a row. So the marketplace dictated that, but he was already a pro bowler. He had already thrown for multiple 4,000-yard seasons. He had already thrown for multiple 34, I mean, plus 30 touchdown seasons. But you are looking at a quarterback with a little over 3,000 yards and 15 touchdowns and and 700 yards rushing. And you are going to pay him in that upper echelon level. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. That's why I wish the market would some ways dictate where you could fall in with a quarterback. Where a, I mean, there should be that mid-level. There should be that mid-level. Now, the salary cap has gone up from 208 to 16.6. So this is the largest increase that they've ever had because of the salary. Reference also because of the 17th game, because of increase in profits, because of COVID, because of people going back into the stadiums. But they are now projected this cap to keep going up and up and up. So you're looking at almost $225 million. Now, teams and the Giants are going to have to worry, not have to worry about this. Teams have till March 15th at 4 p.m. to get under the salary cap. That's before the official start of free agency. So the Giants don't have to worry about that. But what the Giants do have to worry about is limiting themselves or hamstringing themselves in free agency because of the fact that they have a situation at quarterback that they have not resolved, that they have not rectified. The Giants need to make a decision, good or bad, right or wrong, on Daniel Jones by or before March 15th because you need to figure out your free agency. You need to figure out your draft. You need to go through all those all those issues because if you can't and you don't, you are going to be stuck. and You're, you're going to get them in it. That's what you're going to do. You are going to get them in it. And I don't think Shane is going to do that. I love it because Shane came out, I guess it was, uh, when was that? It was uh, right after the Eagles game. 
And he came out and said, Daniel Jones is our quarterback. We're going to be signing Daniel Jones. But I love the fact that he also mentions in the same sentence, well, we never, we haven't talked to Daniel Jones' agents or his team yet, we, or, his, uh, or you know, anyone on his, within his organization. We haven't talked to him yet. But he's our guy. We're going after him. Hey, we're going to get him. And the look of Brian Dable's face when he turned and looked at Jones, Shane's like, what? <sighs> when did we talk about this? I, I always say this. It's, it's, it's until something happens. It's coach speak. It's GM speak. It's, it's one of those things that you sit there and you just say, is he saying what he means or is he meaning what he says? And that's very difficult right now for certain general managers because of the fact that they can't tip their draft hand. They can't tip the free agency. And, and certain f- segments of fan base takes a look at this. See that? I told you we're re-signing Daniel Jones. But the problem is this, you you don't know this. And I love it because, you know, we're going to do we're going to do the call-in show today. Oh, we have uh, Phil from the Bronx. What's up, Phil? Uh, did you hear what the uh, Brian Dable said uh, about uh, not Brian Dable, I mean uh, uh, Joe Shane said about Daniel Jones? He said he's our quarterback and we want to back and we're doing everything we possibly can to get him. So of course that's true. Cuz no one ever we talked about this a million times before. No one ever lies. No one ever says anything that's not the truth. No one ever gives any misdirection. Everyone says what they mean and mean what they say. Just look on Twitter. Because I, I, I loved that year Yannick Ngagwe played for us. Because <laughs> he posted the picture of Lawrence Taylor, but we forgot to, you know, to point out the fact that he also had a picture of Derek Brooks. Not Derek Brooks, uh, Derek Thomas. You know, there, there's so many players coming here. We're getting T. Higgins. We're getting this player. We're getting this player. The only one that truly came true was... Bringing you the smooth sounds of Kenny G. I love this because you can watch me push the buttons. 72 million. Not worth it. As you can plainly see. Someone asked me, they said, uh, Tim, are you going to get rid of the sound effects? I said, hell no, I'm not getting rid of sound effects. I'm going to go on the sound effects board right now. We have a plethora of new sound effects coming up. You say I have a plethora of piñatas? We have more than a plethora of piñatas. We have a plethora of sound effects. We got everything under the sun right now. What is day tonight? Day, day, oh, day too late. <laughs> I was reading the sound effects because they gave me a sound effect sheet, but I haven't gone through it yet. But you know what? People always ask me, Tim, if the Giants don't go with a quarterback, if they don't, if they don't take a quarterback, if they don't, um, uh, if, if they, if they let Daniel Jones walk, if the asking price is too large or too great for Daniel Jones, what are the Giants going to do? Because of the fact there's no, that there's nothing else we could potentially do if we do not take Daniel Jones. <laughs> And I always love that because it's like, you know what? There are quarterbacks in the draft. There are, um, uh, there are these things called free agents. I know a lot of people forget about that, but there are free agents also quarterbacks. So there are options out there, but someone asked me, who are my top quarterbacks? Now I haven't gone through the list completely. I'm scrolling cause I put up my Excel spreadsheet and I, I went through my Top quarterbacks right now. Guys that I would like to see either more fit for the Giants. They may not be one of the, they may also be top quarterbacks, but these are guys that I'd like to see on the Giants, guys that I think would fit in, with the Giants and with the system. The first guy I think of is CJ Stroud. Now, a lot of people are going to be like, Tim, you're crazy. It's probably, you're going to have two guys. You're going to have people in the Bryce Young camp. You're going to have people in the CJ Stroud camp, camp. But a lot of people are going to think I'm crazy about this, but I think there's something more about CJ Stroud. I like his size. I like his size at 6'3, 215. I like his athletic ability. I know he's definitely a top five quarterback, but the Giants can trade up. It's not 
not allowed for a team that's in the low in mid twenties to trade up within the top 10. It's, it's allowed. Um, he completed 66% of his passes this year, 3,688 yards, I believe 41 touchdowns. He just looks like he is the most pro ready. He, if, if you want to talk about a guy that's a polished passer, a guy that's got that big arm, a guy that has that big game ability. And yes, I know he's an Ohio state quarterback. And that usually is the kiss of, excuse me, kiss of death going back to Arch Leister and probably even beyond, but there's something about him. He's a guy that can make, he anticipates, you know what, you know what I like about him a lot? And he shows this, and I think this is something that, that certain, certain quarterbacks you either have or you don't have or you, can, or you can teach. He anticipates his throws. He has an understanding to know where to put the ball and what zone to put it in, what area to put it on, what side of the wide receiver to put it in. He's got that potential. And I haven't seen that for, really from a quarterback in college in, in a couple of years now, but he has the ability to anticipate where he needs to put the ball. And he's always looking downfield. He's always scanning. We have to get the bionic man sound effect. He's always scanning downfield and looking through receivers. And he has this thing is as he's looking downfield, he's feeling the rush. He's feeling the presence of the, of the, of the Russia itself. That's in front of him. That's alongside of him. But he has the ability to keep looking downfield. Now, I think that it would be a perfect fit for Dable system. I really, he would be the, he would, if you want to talk about a perfect fit for the system, I think he's the guy. I think he's that guy. Is he Josh Allen esque? No, but you know what? We are not Josh Allen. We are not Josh Allen built. We are going to be built differently. And that's one of the things I like about Dable and Kafka is they kind of got, they've kind of taken a maturation of both the system of Buffalo and the system of Kansas City and kind of mashed them together. They also did it out of necessity to what they have. But I think if you're looking for a big, if you're looking for a big time guy, if you're looking for a guy that's going to keep his eyes down the field, look for the open target, and still have the ability to sense the rush, you, you got you got to go with the kid from Ohio State. You you got to go with CJ Stroud. You have to. Um, Will Levis. Everyone keeps talking about. He really does. He, he everyone's like Will Levis. Will Levis. Will Levis. And I don't have a problem with Will Levis. I really don't. But he's only what, it's only 2,400 yards, 18, 19 touchdowns, uh, and 10 interceptions this season. Um, he, he is a guy that kind of reminds me of Daniel Jones. He is a guy that is not going to blow, blow you away statistically with his college performance because he played at Kentucky. And he had a much more impressive 2021 season. But the problem is he has the what they refer to as the Pro ready ability. And I think if you take a look at him and you see a size 6'3, 232, he's got the arm strength. He's got, I'm not going to say he has the accuracy, but he does have issues holding onto the ball. Uh, you, you have to, he had, uh, when, did he, when did he have? He had the two fourth, fourth quarter fumbles. I can't remember what game, but I think it was against Ole Miss. Um, but he has that look of an NFL quarterback. There are certain guys that do not excel well statistically in college but have that quarterback look, that quarterback feel, which will fit into a pro system. And I think Will is that guy, but I think he's too much of a boomer bust prospect. I think he's a guy that's got a can of an, of an arm. He's got to cut down his turnovers. He's got to cut down his interceptions. He's got to avoid the sack and get the ball out faster. Who does this sound like? All the board. Well, you know what? That was, Malik Willis Express. That was, that was supposed to be... Uh, well, you know, we always love Malik Willis, but that, that wasn't going to be... That wasn't going to be the, uh, the the one I was looking for. Look up. See, you're looking at me watching. Scroll down because I need to move this in front of me. 
because I still haven't done that yet. And I don't know where the Daniel Jones uh, sound effect is. So we're, we're going to screw that. But who does that remind you of? He has the, he has the pro ready ability. He has to cut down on his turnovers coming from a, a more, not a football program, a basketball program. And he's going to come into New York and, and, and save the day. I, I'm just not seeing it. The other guy everyone's all crazy about is Anthony Richardson. I always see Anthony Richardson, Anthony Richardson, 6'4", 236, and of course out of Florida. I project him more of as a second-round pick, to be honest. He has a little uh, Dwayne Haskins, you know, RIP, uh, tendencies. He's got a little of a Kiwi Smith in him. Um, he's, he's got that big body. He's got that running ability, but he's got that kind of a wind up, which I don't like. I completed just 54% of his passes last year for 2000. What does I have to look now? 22,550, 49 yards, 17 touchdowns, nine interceptions. He had another 629 yards on the ground. Again, I think he's another boomer bus guy. I think in the right system, I think with the right coach, and that could be Brian Dable, I think he could be big time. But I also think the fact that if you have a guy that's got a limited starting history and you draft him, you are going to get what you're going to get. And a lot of teams have found that out by going with a quarterback with a limited history and getting them and find out they're just not ready. I think, you know what, if you want to go back to... It's Daniel Jones at the five. It's Daniel Jones at... Uh, never mind. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I found the button. That's what she said. Um, but if you want to go with a guy that he's probably going to be like. All the board, the Malik Willis Express. He's going to have that Malik Willis tendency. And I love the people that are still like, well, you got Malik Willis wrong. Wow, that's what I got wrong. And that's what you have to give. That's what you have to come at me with is I got Malik Willis wrong. Well, then you know what? I must be doing something really right then. But I just think he's too much of a boomer bus guy. Now, you also have the kid from uh, Stanford. My guy is Hooker. <laughs> I always love it because I, I, I always just call him Hooker. Because I also remember, people think of the other Hooker, but I think of TJ Hooker. I, th- I, think, of, I think of William Shatner. How can we get this quarterback on our team? Yes, he's a little bit older. He's at that 25-year range. He did tear his ACL 6'4", 218. He came into himself as a player. This year at Tennessee, he completed 70% of his passes for over 3,135 yards and 27 touchdowns and two interceptions while recording another 430 yards rushing. He's got this big play look. He's got this, this, this moxie about him. And I'm not talking about Jonathan Moxon. He's got this moxie about him that it just says NFL quarterback that just says he, he, he can come into this league and maybe not take it by storm, but he can be the guy, and I think he could be the guy if he's healthy a lot sooner than some of these other guys. Now, the problem is, of course, he's coming off the ACL. Will he be ready for training camp? I'm not sure. Will he even be ready for the regular season? I'm not sure, but this is why he's a guy that's definitely worth a second to a third-round flyer. He's, he's just got this look. He became more of a polished passer this year than any other year that he was at Tennessee. He has this ability. He has this mindset. If you watched him, I, I said, what really impressed me about him was the Florida game because of the fact that it, it was just this thing that you had Richardson against Hooker, and Hooker just looked like the better prospect. He just looked better. He just looked more in command. He just looked more in control. He is a guy that can throw on the run. He's a guy that can throw in the pocket. He's got more of a shorter, compact, excuse me, compact throw. He needs to develop his, uh, excuse me, his field vision a little bit because of the fact that sometimes he is not the most polished pocket passer, I would say. But he also he sometimes has a tendency to lock on to wide receivers. 
Is it something you can you something you can work on? Yes, but the the one thing that I will say, yes, at times he does have a tendency to lock onto his primary, but he is always looking downfield. Running is a second option for him, and it's a good second option. And again, who does this kind of remind you of? But I think it's a higher talent ceiling. It reminds you of Daniel Jones, a quarterback that has more running ability at time than passing ability. But I do think that Hooker is going to have a more of a polished passing ability than I think Daniel Jones had coming out of school. Uh, I also like uh, Jaron Hall out of, uh, what to go, uh, BYU. Uh, what do you have? 3,171 yards, 31 touchdowns, six interceptions. Um, he's just another interesting guy, but I think he's a later round guy. He's a little smaller at 6'1", uh, 205. I think he's going to have, and you know what? I think it's college 6'1". So I think he gets into the pros. He's going to be like 5'11". So he's just he's just someone to look at. But if like I said, if I'm going now, I am not against. Now people are gonna say, Tim, you know, you didn't mention one guy. There's one guy you didn't mention. Was that Batman? No, of course, that's Bryce Young. 5'11, 194. Uh, people are saying that he is a top five guy, or if not the number one quarterback prospect, but his size, again, he's 5'11. But is he gonna be a Kyler Murray 5'8 when he gets into the pros? That's what I have some current concerns about. He did complete 65% of his passes for over 3,000 yards, 32 touchdowns, five interceptions. Big play guy out of Alabama's played in a lot of big games. Has the arm, has the accuracy. You know, it, he has a tendency to try to fit the ball into tight windows. And, I, and I've noticed in a couple of his games that throws that he shouldn't make, he tries to make because he trusts so much in his, in his ability. But like I said, I, I am not I'm not against him. But if I have to choose, if I have to pick, that's gonna be that's gonna be my guy. We're gonna do a new segment. It's called the New York Giants TCB Player of the Day, or I should say, it's gonna be the New York Giants TCB Player Profile. So here we go. Now we have to look at who we want to bring back on this team because, like I said, we have 44 million, and and I get concerned and I worry a little bit about. The cap space. I I worry about the fact that technically we probably need two wide receivers, two guards. You're gonna you may need a starting running back. You may need a backup running back. You're gonna need a pass catching tight end. You're going to need a true defensive end that knows how to you know who knows how to play play the run. Knows how to hold on to assignment. Knows how to hold the edge. Knows how to maintain against the run so he's not hanging his linebackers out the drive. You're going to need a speed linebacker who can cover. You're probably going to need a couple middle linebackers. You can, you may potentially need a CB2, and you may potentially need a safety. And what I want to talk about is Julian Love. Julian Love had his moment. Julian Love had a season. Julian Love had that had that had the had the career year when he needed it. People forget in 2021, he got benched and didn't come back until via injury in the last couple of games. And he came in as playing uh, where he actually came in playing corner. He played in, he actually came back playing slot corner. He's a guy that showed flashes. He showed ability. He had, he had a little bit more, you know, like I say, he's not that big interception machine, but he had a little bit more of a ball hawking skill this year. Do I think he's a $10 million safety? No. Do I think he should be around the seven to eight range? Do I do think he's a valuable part to this giant organization? Not only because of the fact that he is a good player, he is a team captain, but also the fact that he is just a guy that is a good influence on this young team because this team is only going to get younger. While this draft class is getting older, this team is still only going to get younger because of the fact that we have, what, 11 draft choices next year? 
So it's going to be, he's going to have a young team. He plays a vital role. He has a calming influence on the defense. I do think he, I do think he needs to come back. I think he is a good pairing with Xavier and McKinney. Do I think he'll be a pro bowler? No. Do I think he is a safety that is in, in, in the top 20 of safeties? Yes. Like probably in the top 15 of starting safeties, which isn't bad because not every position on your team is going to be a pro bowler. He's a good special teams guy. He's a good locker room guy. He's a guy that the Giants need to consider using that $44 million on and bring his ass back. We were going to talk about wide receivers today, but we ran a little long talking about the quarterbacks. So we're going to save wide receivers for next week. I think the next episode is Wednesday of next week. I'm not 100% sure. Um, I'm never sure. I'm never sure on the dates. Hopefully they're going to upload the right video this time because evidently they uploaded the wrong video uh, because we already had that. Kind of, that was a test. Vi- the very first video was a test video. That was us just testing the equipment, and the cameras, but I guess they liked it so much. They uploaded it. Um, we're going to have a little bit more of a schedule coming up. Me, like I said, it's probably going to be one episode a week. Uh, we'll have one episode a week. Um, I just repeated myself, but we'll have a little short vignettes. You know, when things happen, when things come up. So it'll give us a, li- a little bit more time to give you a little bit more information. Uh, New York, what's called? Um, I, I can't even think half the time because I got so many projects coming on. I've, also, if you don't know, go listen to Get Off My Lawn, the Mad Ramblings of Gen Xers. That's a shameless plug. We're going to have, um, you know, we're, we're going to have the other podcast up and running within uh, New York Sports Talk. It's, it's going to be kind of, Return to Gotham. <laughs> New York sports talk is coming up. It will be in the podcast format. I believe the first episode is going to be sometime in mid February. So we'll make sure we get that information to you. We'll have, like I said, the breaking news vignettes when they, when giant news occurs. And again, this is Tim. This is New York giant straight talk. Hope you enjoyed this episode and you know what? I'm out of here. <laughs>